we want to be at a higher vibration so that we can notice all the cool things happening in the seasonal changes so that we can be aware of of how we react in certain situations so that we can have the spiritual experience and like take it deal with it right do something with it you know alchemize it into something productive create a vision for ourselves and so that willingness to go there to to have experiences and to be present and flexible with our mind body and spirit is really important and it's a fair amount of work you are listening to the medicine podcast i am mimi what is up everybody this is chase so long story short we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s despite following the mainstream script for happiness we actually divorced for three years only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hey, hey, audio fam. Welcome back. This is episode 145 with a good friend and hilarious man, Sean McCormick. Sean is a wellness entrepreneur. He's an OG in the personal coaching world, and he's the host of the top rated show, Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean and I actually go way back to my days living in Seattle. He was the very first podcast host I met in person, and I remember it felt like I was meeting a celebrity. Um, You'll catch on in our conversation that Sean has a wonderful combination of attributes that magnetically draw people to him. He has a vast treasure chest of knowledge in the holistic health space, He's had some amazing spiritual experiences, which keep him very open-minded and judgment-free. And he's just a really warm, funny person. Uh, We laughed more in this interview than I think we maybe ever have. And although Sean has a fun, sunny disposition, our conversation does not shy away from hard controversial topics. I mean, you guys know us by now. (laughs) If you've been listening to The Medicine, you know that we actually dig in deeper to these hard, controversial topics. And in this conversation, it's things like how his ADHD led him to spirituality, his unconventional relationship, the future of humanity, And towards the end of the episode, we even get into the Cove narrative and our views on the V word. I know you guys are going to love Sean just as much as we do. And if you like the episode, please consider sharing or writing a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps us a ton and we appreciate your help in growing the reach of the medicine. If you do end up leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, before you push submit, take a screenshot and email that screenshot to themedicinepodcast at gmail.com and include your best shipping address. And just to show our gratitude to you, we actually send you a thank you gift. Um, I write a personal card to you because it means that much to me. So we include um, as the gift 
brands that we talk about all the time. Could be AHCC, it could be Mushy Love, it could be another affiliated partner that we love, um, but just know that it will be something that is definitely worth your time. All right, enjoy the episode, my loves. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my love, my king here with me. What is going on, everybody? Oh, we're so stoked today. We have our good friend, uh, healer, coach, just man of many talents. Yeah. Uh, True ho- Renaissance man. <laughs> host of the Optimal Performance Podcast, which we recently got to jump on. Uh, welcome to the medicine, Sean McCormick. So glad you're here, man. I'm so excited. I love to be able to f- switch hats. You know, yeah. I was interviewing you and now you guys get to interview me. I, I'm such a fan of what you guys are doing on so many different levels. And now I'm flattered. And I'm flattered by the, by the brief intro there. So <laughs> when I quit blushing, I'll be able to think straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we're excited to chat with you today. And um, yeah, I just, I, I, we know a little bit about you just knowing you as a, you know, sort of friend in the space, this, this podcasting and niche health and wellness. Um, but, you know, even before we push record, you're, you're letting, letting us in on uh, different aspects of your life. And we're like, Oh, okay, hold up. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> save this for the podcast because you are truly just, um, I can, I can feel from you. And when I listen, I've listened to your podcast. And then when we were on yours, you're a very intentional human being. And I think that we all three share this value, this core value of I'm never done. I'm never going to be done learning. I'm never going to stop discovering and uncovering these layers that are, you know, covering my true self. And how can I, you know, really dive into the depths of me? So it takes one to know one. And we are so happy to know you as one. Um, Before we get into all things in your life and, and, um, you know, really excited to jump into some of these bigger concepts. um, The first question that we ask every guest on The Medicine maybe you already know it, um, is what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that coming. The, (laughs) the, the thing, the thing that I love about my life is the, the ability to have flexibility Mm. and, and that I do not take for granted. And I'm reminded of it every single day in my role as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur and podcaster and coach and startup founder is I, I've worked just like you mentioned earlier, really intentionally for now. Oh, 12 years without a boss, without anybody to be accountable to. And I made that choice right as my Saturn was returning to get out of my cushy, overly paid sales job for a corporate multimedia company to start float centers, to start sensory deprivation tank centers. And that really sent my life in a totally different direction where Mm. I had way higher levels of accountability, but I had way higher levels of flexibility at the same time. Mm. So I, I could, I could screw off any day I want. I mean, today I could, you know, uh, but the higher, there are higher consequences for that too. So it's this, this intentionality of how I want to live my life and and how I want to serve people, how I want to create value in the world. 
coupled with this flexibility that, yeah, you could, you could uh, choose your day every single day. And, and I know how unique that is because so many folks um, work in jobs and get paychecks as employees. And, and that is, uh, that's, I mean, I understand that that's really, really important for, for a ton of people. Entrepreneurship yeah. isn't for everybody, but that level of flexibility that I have is something that I absolutely love and I never take for granted. Yeah. yeah. Here, here. <laughs> right. I, I am a, a dental hygienist by degree in a, in a previous life. And I think about, you know, I let myself go back to that, you know, working from 6.30 AM to 5 PM, you know, and a patient every hour. And I want to like gag almost <laughs> like once you have the freedom and flexibility, um, and don't get me wrong, like we're still working all day, every day, but you know, you do have that built in freedom and flexibility. Um, it's like, it's really hard to go back. I don't it know is. if I could. So I totally, <laughs> I totally feel you there. It's- yeah. And navigating that balance between structure, uh, but also like create creative freedom mm-hmm. and almost like ensuring that you're structuring in freedom and flow and creativity into this lifestyle. Uh, even, even someone like myself has always been an employee and, and still am, uh, you know, I still am a W2 employee uh, for a particular company, but now like jumping into entrepreneurship, I almost hyper structure my entrepreneur uh, role. And it sometimes hurts my effectiveness because it's so much more of a creative process Mm. when you're wearing an entrepreneur hat versus like a W2 employee hat. And so building in that sort of like balance between, I need to take these, you know, tools of scheduling and calendarizing my life and building protocols and rituals and procedures but if I don't also lean into flow and creativity, yeah. I'm going to only ever think inside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even the concept of planning flexibility <laughs> is like, <laughs> wait a minute. People yeah. are going, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Wait, what are you talking about? Like put the idea of blocking off part of your day to do whatever you want to do to have either you go for a walk, take a bath, read a book, take a nap, like that, that stuff's super important. And I think that for that everybody can do this in their speci- in, in their own way. You know, if you have a hobby that you love, if you have a creative endeavor, if you sell uh, jewelry on Etsy, or uh, you know, want to you love baking, like everybody can do this. And to honor that that time of the day, or maybe it's on the weekends where you're like, no, I'm just gonna be doing my own thing for six hours. Right. And maybe that's walking the streets, smoking joints, like (laughs) walking the dog, like, cool. I I think it's really important to, to, to realize that it's not just for, it's not just for entrepreneurs or for people who are uh, working and doing entrepreneurship. Like that's so important to find and prioritize that flexibility to do the things that you love because then what are you, what are you working for? Right. Like, right. What, what's it all? What's all this? What's all this yeah. time? What, where's the payoff? Where's the joy? Like, where's that, that, that fun, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. Like we forget sometimes that life is not actually just for working, you know, it's a, it's a necessity, but life is actually for living and learning and loving. And now I sound like some kitsch sign in a, in my mom's kitchen, live, laugh, love, but (laughs) sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, yeah, but I totally feel that like just 
whatever it looks like for you, whatever freedom looks like for you, whether that's on a daily basis or the weekends or whatever it is after the kids go to bed at night. Um, I think it's so important to allow yourself that curious if you, um, are you, do you know your human design? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I feel yeah. like, have you heard of human design? I have. Yeah. Okay. I haven't done it for myself. Okay. Just as you're talking about, um, you know, how you're structuring your day and freedom and flow and everything like that. Human design is really insightful when it comes to how entrepreneurs, especially structure, structure their work. And mm -hmm. uh, anyways, I've just learned a lot about myself as an entrepreneur through the lens of human design um, and, and Chase as well. Uh, we've had uh, um, Victoria Jane, who's our, our human design expert friend on the podcast. And it is really fascinating. If you get a, you know, a chance to interview someone on human design, I, I bet you'd be fascinated by it. Yeah. I actually am going to take a note right now. Cause I, yeah. that's a really good idea. It's come across my radar a bunch of times, uh, but I have not activated on it. So yeah. I will, I actually will do that as I take notes. Here. Yeah. It's almost like a permission slip. Um, for me, you know, we get in this game of comparisonitis and, just learning about your flow of energy and where it comes from and, and kind of like your authority, like, how do you make decisions? How are you mm. a hell yes versus a hell no? Like, is it an emotional? Is it a, you know, sacral, like in your gut or is it open? Like there's so much to mm -hmm. it. It can be a little bit overwhelming, but it was definitely a permission slip for me learning about that and, and just kind of allowing myself more flow within my entrepreneurial day through the lens of human design really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely peek into it. You know, it's, it's funny as a, as a coach, podcaster, startup founder, I, there's so many models, right? Yeah. There's so many paradigms, you know, there's, I just did the Jordan Peterson, uh, personality assessment and I've, and, and part of my coaching is to understand people's chronotypes and Myers-Briggs mm. and Enneagram and all these other assessments, you know, Braverman assessment, to understand that sort of stuff, I have to be really careful about what sort of models I spend time on. Cause then I just go like, I only focus on the models <laughs> yeah. you know? like, Oh, this is cool. I want to think yeah. about, you know, like what was, what's a, what's a recent example. Um, uh, Oh, I'm looking into, in a couples therapy and, and understanding, Oh, I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, it I guess this is a while ago about like, we choose the person uh, to be with based on how they can help us heal our childhood trauma. Mm. And like that, but you guys was, mm, was like, yeah, that sounds fascinating. Right. To go dive into that. And, and I was, I, this was, I guess, six months ago or so I even forgot about it, but I spent days understanding this paradigm and then I was like, what? I came up for air and was like, oh no, I've got all this stuff that's important for me to go do. So I have to be careful, but the yeah. human design I have come across a couple of times. So I'm going to take another look at it. Yeah. This might be your nudge. How do you, yeah, you, you know, like bringing this, this topic up and this comes across for us all the time. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a spiritual practice or it's a definition of the meaning of the universe or the meaning of God. And we get really on fire for it. We read a a particular book about it, or even like a diet, right? Like carnivore. Oh my God, this is it. This is you see it. the world through that. Yeah, lens. this is it. We figured it out. But there's contradiction because there's somebody else who's highly intelligent. There's somebody else who's highly spiritual. There's somebody else who uh, the fruits of their work are also showing up and and have manifested into something that's really you know fruitful for them. Yet they contradict each other. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. we're sitting here with information overload, 
how do you navigate that in your work? You know, we're talking about personality tests basically, but there's, this is, this is transferable to every lane of health and spirituality and mindset. How do you navigate through a world of sort of chaos, all good chaos, but contradictory at times? Yeah, that's so good. That's such a great question. You're right. And carnivore is such an on the nose example. Are you guys experimenting with it right now? I, I've experimented with it. Yeah. I, I yeah. know I haven't. Yeah. No, I love it. It's yeah. Great. I do. I do too. I, I do too. Uh, I tend to eat animal based with some fruit. Now I've been doing that for a while. Yeah. It's tough because not only are we different now than we were yesterday or six weeks or six months ago, our bodies need new things, right? We need more sun. Clearly I need more sun. Uh, I need maybe more downtime, more recovery time. And so when this next thing comes up, you know, sun in your beehole or right. uh, <laughs> like, there are so many things. It's like, well, what's the, like, I think it's just an, an openness to, to explore it a little bit without attaching to any sort of outcome, without identifying your personality around it, without yeah. going full in and just getting lost into the carnivore lifestyle. Or, you know, for me, there are certain topics in pop in, in culture there. And I, and, and I don't, I'm going to get into that, but I I'm very skeptical of, you know, mainstream medicine you know, um, uh, medical freedom is a big thing for me. So I spent a lot of time thinking about it, reading about it, but I can get lost there yeah. and, and forget to address other aspects of either myself or my family or my business or my spirituality that, that also require a fair amount of time and attention. So within these sorts of movements or trends or topics that I get really excited for, I have to catch myself and, and, and open up to it and explore it a little bit without fully committing it or making it a part of my personality. Yeah. Identity. Yeah. And luckily, um, you know, my, my wife is, is the polar opposite of me in so many ways. And so she's a really good litmus test for, for BS. And, and if, and she'll say like, Hey, like you're going a little, you're going, can we talk about something else? Because you're, <laughs> doing it again. And okay, cool. So I have, I have the, I have the luxury of, of having that, that sort of interplay for yeah. someone to check in with that. I trust their, their judgment. Yeah. You know? A little bit yeah. of an anchor sometimes, yes. you know, depending on like Chase and I will read a book, you know, we read in the evening to each other a few nights a week instead of TV. And depending on the book that we're reading, you know, we can blast off yeah. together, which is also like wonderful. It's wonderful in its own way, but I see the value in what you're saying that she sort of anchors you maybe one foot on the earth while you've got, yeah. you know, your head, like in the fun, you know, existential clouds or whatever. Um, yes. yeah, I would say definitely. that, uh, yeah, I can, it, that's definitely valuable to have. Speaking of the existential clouds, um, <laughs> what are your views? If you don't mind sharing, you know, what are your views on God? What are your views on the divine? Do you subscribe to any unique philosophy or epistemology? I'm uh, just curious about how mm -hmm. you look at that. Yeah, I, um, I believe that God is a force, right? It's, it's a, it's a force and God is a 
part of all of the things that we can sense with our five senses and also that we cannot sense outside of those five senses. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's become, it's come up more and more frequently. I was raised non-denominational, went to church sometimes. uh, And my kids, because of kind of where we live in the school situations, my kids go to a Christian Academy. And so we're talking about Jesus fairly frequently with my six-year-old daughter, who is like singing constantly at the house, uh, you know, Jesus songs. And, and, and for me, it's like, oh, this is a little different because I don't really (laughs) think of myself as having a relationship with Jesus. (laughs) And yet it's, it, it, it continues. And so it has, brought up some interesting conversations around the dinner table at night, you know, the, the four of us, my wife and two kids, if you count the dog kind of hanging out underneath <laughs> the table, waiting for, you know, peas to fall. Uh, there's five of us, but, you know, we're having conversations about religion. We're having conversations about what, who Jesus was or wasn't, you know, like uh, he wasn't born on Christmas day, December 25th. And the kids were like, what the, what? <laughs> You know, and, and now we're here around <laughs> Easter and having to explain these things, you know, my, my, my son is uh, interested in like the Greek gods. And so mm. we're talking about the Greek gods and we're talking about Odin. And then we talk about uh, uh, Taoism and Buddhism. And so my, my, th- my feeling is that God is a force that is moving through all of us in all things, all at all times. And there are lots of other subtle energies, entities, which are non-physical, that are also participating in this cosmic drama unfolding every moment of every day. And my spiritual practice involves connection with spirit guides, uh, ascended masters, and angels. And I've been working on that for 20 years with, uh, with a really gifted teacher and so as I've been able to continue to uh, grow my spiritual practice, to deepen my intuition, to, to develop, you know, uh, claircognizance and clairsentience, you know, having experiences of astral projection for years with recall that was really intentional, you know, projecting out a body in a float tank, you do that a couple mm, of times. Yeah. And that totally changes your perception <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah, totally. And so I, I believe that there is there is this menagerie of of unfolding uh, this richness. I'll boil it. I'll boil it down. Of of the of the things that we can see and detect, there is an, an immense amount of biodiversity. Now, just think about all the things that we can't see. Yeah. Go down to the jungle and spend some time in the Amazon, and you're going to be exposed to millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of different things that you can actually measure and think about all the things that you can't measure. There's even more richness of subtle energies of presences across uh, dimensions that we just, we have no idea of yet. So that was really meandering. I hope that that. No, I love it. I mean, that's the, that's the point, right? Is like (laughs) spirituality is sort of meandering. It's, you know, the, 
the microcosm and the macrocosm of like, I'm just trying to figure it out and I'm on this path now and I'm talking to this guide. And then like, yeah, so we have, we have much of the same, yeah. you know, similarities and alignments with you just, you know, we, we talk about all the time. We kind of just ask each other once every like mm. six months or so, you know, not on any sort of schedule, but like, what do you believe right now? You <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah, it, I love that. It's really, you know, I think it's good one to check in with yourself where it's like, sometimes the answer is like, I don't really know. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's resonating with me right now. Um, but I don't know exactly if I believe this to a T and just a- allowing this sort of freedom within ourselves and the relationship is certainly something that was not practiced in part one of our relationship. And man, it's such a gift. And so I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. listening to you and, and I, I, I can feel like this sense of like, it's been a journey and mm-hmm. a constant like uncovering, which is, it's so fun, right? Like you just light yeah. up with it and you're, you're trying to put words <laughs> that yeah. are so limiting to experiences that you've had, even a float tank or maybe like a medicine journey or something like that, where it's like, there really are no words. Yeah. It's more of like feelings and experiences that you have. And we try to then put it in little boxes of sentences to yeah. explain to someone. <laughs> right. And uh, it's really hard, but yeah, I, I thought you did a great job. Yeah. And I oh, think thanks. you need to, we, you know, through religion, right. We're actually like Christianity. That's where, where we grew up we're reviewing and memorizing how somebody else has articulated a spiritual experience. And so if we're just expected to rationalize the whole thing and then be religious, for me, you're missing the entire point. It it goes back to someone's spiritual experience that they articulated in the best way possible. If, if that's passed on and humans just just are expected to rationalize all of that, Hmm. you're going to be missing so much of the point. The point is to experience, Yeah. do your best to articulate if you want, but more so just know that it's a, it's real, know that it, it is felt. And then, you know, even something like, you know, astral projecting or having a, a, a lucid dream and you wake out of it, you, you kind of wake up from it or go through it. And you're like, I have no idea how to explain what just happened. I actually <laughs> yeah. don't have, I don't have the words. I don't have the framework. Maybe you might come across a spiritual teacher or a spiritual practice that describes it in a way that is resonating. And you're like, that was it. Mm. That's the closest thing to what I felt. So so now we're able to just like talk about these different articulations of an experience that's still so much more profound than the English language has the capacity to even describe. But it's this constant push and evolvement into more experiences such that you can just attempt to articulate Mm. and spell it out. Hey, homie, if you've listened to the medicine podcast for a while now, you know that Chase and I are extremely selective when it comes to the mushroom products we recommend. This is because after years of researching the mushroom space, we honestly were disappointed to find out that the large majority of these products are diluted and bulked up with grain based fillers which led to us creating our own mushroom elixir, Mushy Love Cinnamon Swirl Latte. We were committed to formulating one that is delicious and high quality, one that has a clean organic ingredient list, no gut or hormone disruptors, absolutely zero fillers, and a hefty dose of pure medicinal mushrooms. Mushy Love Latte is the result. 
This is a blendable, caffeine-free mushroom elixir with 500 milligrams each of incredible mushrooms, chaga, and tremella. That is at least two to three times more mushrooms than other very popular mushroom brands out there to support your gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and beauty. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll, y'all. Just blend one to two scoops with your favorite steamed milk and you have a delicious elixir that you can drink any time of day. You can also blend a scoop into your morning coffee as a creamer with a cinnamon swirl twist. To try Mushy Love Latte for yourself, go to getmushylove.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for 10% off your subscription or one-time order. Again, getmushylove.com, use the code MEDICINE. Mushy Love is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, and and this this kind of dovetails into some of the topics that we talked about when you guys were on my podcast, which is what what is all this nutrition and supplementation and energy for? Why are we is it to live longer or is it to become more and more present to this this unfolding of the universe in this incarnation that we have right now. It's like, we want to be at a higher vibration so that we can notice all the cool things happening in the seasonal changes so that we can be aware of, of how we react in certain situations so that we can have the spiritual experience and like, take it, deal with it, right. Do something with it, you know, alchemize it into something productive, create a vision for ourselves. And so I, I think, that willingness to go there, to, to have experiences and to be present and flexible with our mind, body, and spirit is really important. And, and, and it's, and it's a fair bit of work. It's like, I mean, it's, it's a fair bit of time and attention to devote your, the the food you eat, the way you spend your time, how you sleep, how you exercise, how you met all this stuff. It's like, it is a lot of stuff. And yeah. you, the two of you and myself have been able to uh, align our interest in performance and awareness and optimization uh, with how we pay the bills. Yeah. We've been able to integrate that in a really cool way. And, and not everybody can or, or does integrate that. But yeah, I mean, you got to keep, you got to stay peppy and positive yeah. because you're going to miss out on all this good stuff. If not, yeah. You know? yeah. Chase, Chase describes it so beautifully as, you know, we do all these things. And I think he mentioned it on your podcast when we were on there, you know, doing all these things, eating right and moving and, you know, getting sunlight and having good relationships and everything is tuning your antenna so that you mm-hmm. can be attuned to these higher frequencies, which then act on your higher you know, bodies within your body and you are able to then tune into, you know, um, spirit guides, angels, things like that. And, and really just your own intuition, you know, Mm -hmm, your true self. I'm curious um, to hear from you growing up. It sounds like we had a a very similar uh, upbringing, you know, non-denominational kind of evangelical Christian Christianity. What was your impetus? What was your event moment where you're like, I'm not, this isn't it for me. I'm going to 
try to go explore on my own over here. What was that? And how did, how, and when did that begin for you? Yeah. So my, my mom was always the church rally person, always getting folk. Come on, we're going to church, get ready, get dressed. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And my dad never went. He he's a, a, a classical behaviorist. So he studied Skinner operant conditioning. Mm. And so I had both, both worlds at my house. Mom was uh, spiritual and religious. And my father was neither, you know, very science-based, very, very grounded in data and um, understands the world through uh, the behaviors that we express based on external stimuli. So like pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty opposed thinking, but I had uh, this, this awareness. The thing that really shifted my consciousness when it comes to the basis of reality or what's this all for was my, my folks decided to teach me transcendental meditation when I was 12. They, they, they learned at college and at around the time, yeah, I was 12 years old. I was diagnosed with ADHD, but my folks decided not to, not to medicate, you know, they were, they were going to find some other ways for, for little Sean to chill out for a minute. And so they taught me TM at 12 and I hated it. I hated every second of it. It was terrible. I mean, oh God, it was like the last thing that I wanted to do in the world was sit down quietly and observe my breath and recite a mantra. Zero interest in that. That's right. Like I would literally rather do anything else other than that, but they kept encouraging it. Like you're bouncing off the walls, Sean, you need to go sit. That's what they say. You need to go sit. It's like, okay, I go, go sit. I go sit and, you know, grind my teeth and get frustrated. And it was about, it was about six, eight months of fairly regular, not every day, but almost meditation where I finally had that moment where I was not awake or asleep. I was just blissed out in meditation. And in that moment, I, I knew that I had a body, but I wasn't my body. My consciousness was somewhere else. And it felt so good and so familiar. It felt like, oh, like something totally shifted for me. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with deities or... It had, it had nothing to do with, uh, with sacred text. This was just me and my breath. And when I came out of it, I, I, I was super emotional, but I, and, I, and I couldn't really make sense of it. And I didn't want to tell my parents that I enjoyed my meditation practice because then they would make <laughs> yeah. me do it more. So I just sort of sat with that and held that for a little while. And that actually had this profound experience uh, for me where I knew that there was so much, I didn't know, (laughs) like it couldn't be explained on a Sunday morning and it couldn't be explained through, uh, through ceremony or, Mm. you know, or or anything like that. It was like, no, this was just me and my breath and my brain and my spirit just doing a thing. And, 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 and that was really kind of the basis. I think that's part of what sort of established my, track, uh, back when I was 12 years old, followed shortly after by, uh, you know, a, a range of repetitious 
um, dreams. I'd have the same dream over and over and over mm. and over every night for weeks on end. And it was so bizarre. It was the same thing. And I came to realize later that the, the being in this dream that it was having, that was basically saving me from Skeletor over and over every night was a spirit guide of mine. Oh, wow. And I, that sent me on a path in my late teens, early twenties, when I was in college looking into ascended masters and spirit guides and, uh, you know, other sort of Eastern uh, esoteric texts. So that was honestly, the meditation was like the thing that really sort of changed my whole perception. Wow. Cool. Dude, that is freaking rad. Like <laughs> I'm just like stoked on your life. That is really, really rad. Seriously. Like I, it makes me want to like if we ever have a child, like from a very young age, like teach them about, yeah, we will be. Anyways, yeah, but, but but what's so cool is that you got to experience that uh, through the meditation, through these dreams before you essentially like studied it in great detail. I think that there is now in the world that we live in this, like how to astral travel in 10 yeah. steps, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. Look it up on YouTube. Like, here's the the guide or the course to uh, having lucid dreams, and there's this super <laughs> super masculine approach to like I will learn how to do this and I will study it and I will I will memorize I will achieve. everything. Yeah, yes. I will achieve this spiritual experience. And so I think what's so cool is to be able to experience it, embody it, and go WTF. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but yeah. then be be able to then apply the knowledge. We we rationalize. We get too far ahead of like masculine thinking gets too far ahead of the feminine experience of it. And so we get to a point where you can study and read all the books you want. You can come up with all the definitions you want, but it's not going to mean anything. It's Mm kind of like when I, when I studied uh, finance and accounting, I learned all of these things in school and memorizing them. I had no freaking idea how they worked in the real world. When I got out into my professional career, I'm doing things brand new I feel like I'm learning them for the first time. And there were moments where I'd be like, wait, I think I learned, I think I learned the theory behind this, but it's nothing like it actually yeah. really is. And it's yeah. because we, we just all get pushed into memori- memorizing something before actually having the context to put that, you know, framework uh, up against for, for real understanding. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I love where your life shook out in this sort of experience. Now, let me go learn it experience let me go learn it i think that's really important for people to take home experiencing it and then learning or realizing later that like oh this is a thing oh what i just did with i mean you basically i mean it sounds like i don't know if if we can quantify it um but it sounds like you had like a mini little like the feeling that you have during breath work where you leave your body Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a dmt like experience where your your brain is releasing something and you're in this sort of blissed state. And I love that you said that. That's something that I feel like some people never really truly figure out and, and embody or understand is that we are not our body. That mm. our, our body is this beautiful, like in, intelligent vessel that carries us, you know, inside, or maybe we're carrying the body, but that we are not our body. And, and learning that at such a young age and having like a very visceral experience of that. I mean, man, what a gift at a young age. Were your yeah. parents uh, supportive of you in this or, or how did they respond? It was just a way to get me to shut up and sit down and stop, you know, 
smashing furniture, you know, like it, it was a, it was a, they, it was a utility for them for Sean to just go into the room, sit on the pillow and do the medic. Just Sean, Sean need to go sit, like, ah, go sit. <laughs> so for them, they, they realized that whether I was meditating or not, whether I was meditating right or not, I was out of their face, you know, for, yeah. for, for a little bit. So there was, there was an advantage to that. And then over time I began to do it on my own. Yeah. And I think that's when they knew like, oh, okay, he's actually getting a lot out of this. And that was, you know, that was fairly early. Uh, I guess and it wasn't that early in, uh, in the TM sort of emergence, but uh, it was, it was, it was so darn effective. And you're right. If you could have, they could have told me, somebody could have told me, Sean, you're not your body. And it wouldn't have made sense to me. You know, yeah. somebody could say, Sean, you're not your thoughts. And it would have been like, that wouldn't have made sense to me. Mm-hmm. But that gnosis, you know, that, that, that experience, however, you've got to get there, however, you've got to get to that point. Then it's not theoretical, just like, you know, the, the, the ideas around, around finance and accounting like that, that I could read it, but until I do it, it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just stretch that out across all these different experiences. Then they start to piece together and they start to actually add to your life. And, and some folks just aren't interested in it. You know, they're just not, you know, for, for people listening now, they are, because that's why they're here with, with you is because they are curious. They want those experience. They, they, they want that depth for some folks, not important, not part of their, not part of their life and their experience. And that's okay. But that, just that wonder, the enthusiasm that it takes to like seek that stuff out is such a superpower. And it's like, are you optimistic and enthusiastic at all? Because if you have a little bit of that, that can propel you forward into so many cool things in your life if you lean into it. Totally. Uh, Such a great point. I want to move in uh, a little bit. We talked when we were on your show about some similarities in uh, our relationships and, you know, Megan and I are childhood sweethearts. And it sounds like you and your partner have been together for a long time. Take us through a little bit what your relationship looks like. How'd you get to where you are now with this beautiful, incredible family? I would love to hear a little bit about your relationship journey. Yeah. Happy to share. I, I realize, and I think you guys do too, how unique the, the story, your story is, and ours is too. It's, it's sort of idyllic and old fashioned, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And, and so oftentimes when I tell the story of, of my wife and I's relationship, people are like, Oh, that's so cool. That's so sweet. That's so, that's so great. And then they're like, uh, uh, like so <laughs> gaggy too. And it's both, it's both. I, so I actually, oh, I got to figure out which details are most interesting. I went to a different middle school than I should have. Uh, and so all of my friends were at this other middle school. And before freshman year of high school, I went over to my best friend's house and we were looking through um, uh, his yearbook, you know, scope and chicks for freshman year. Cause we're going to be high schoolers now. Totally. And I, and I'm like thumbing through and I was like, oh yeah, Jennifer Johnson. Yeah. Jennifer Johnson or Valerie Benedict. Uh, yeah. Val- <laughs> and then I was like, or Layla Autry, Layla Autry for sure. 
you know, and, and my buddy's like, nah, she's not, she doesn't, she did don't even, don't even try. Like she doesn't, she, she doesn't date. She doesn't have boyfriends. She just, it's not her thing. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, well, just, this is not her thing. She's, uh, she's Muslim. She doesn't date dudes. You know, she's just, that's not. And I was like, we'll see about that. <laughs> so like, even before I met her, I saw a picture of her and she was on my target list for, uh, for, for girls that m- may be lucky enough to be my girlfriend. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I met her and got gum from her every day at lunch with her and her friends. And, and eventually walked up to her and I was, I just said, you know, I think you and I would make a really good couple. And she's like, yeah, me too. And then I said, well, so are you my girlfriend now? And she's like, yeah, I guess. And then that was it. That was, wow. that was May 22nd, 1998. And damn, damn, damn. that's the rest is history. Uh, you know, the, the evolution of our life, you know, fast forward now we're 38. We got together when we were 15. We went to the same college together after college college was really the hardest, the hardest thing. Um, she's, she, she doesn't drink and doesn't smoke. She doesn't, she doesn't do substances, never has, and, and likely won't. And so, and I was an extrovert soccer player, party animal in college. And we went through, I think that period of, uh, whether or not, people figure out where they're going to get married or not. That usually happens like in your twenties or your thirties, where it's like, you've got some habits and some things that I am not on board with. I don't know if I want to deal with that. Uh, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze with you uh, and vice versa. You know, did, did I want to continue to be with someone that wasn't as extroverted or outgoing as me? Did I, was I okay with being someone who was uh, a little more introverted, a little bit more patient, a little, well, a lot more patient a lot more grounded than I was. And, and, and we, we, we decided that we wanted to be together. We wanted to stay in love and stay in connection. And now we've started businesses together and had babies together, moved a couple of times together. So I, I, I think I realized around, around 18 or 19, after we had been together for a couple of years that I was going to do whatever it had, whatever it took to be with her. Mm. And that was to check my own shit and to slow down sometimes and to not be such a, you know, meathead and to, uh, to honor her process. However, that looked forevermore. And, and now, I mean, our, our life and our lifestyle is, is, all intentional, all by design all the time. She, she quit working, uh, her job a year and a half ago, um, to be a stay at home mom. And, and our life is every single day, fully intentional. What do we want to do today? What are we going to work towards? Mm. You know, we have, we have the hard conversations. So now, so that's the story and a, and a couple of nuggets of wisdom that have helped. Cause a lot of people ask me for relationship advice and I, I'm a relationship coach as well. And what I, what I tell people is if you respect this other person, 
if you respect them at the most fundamental level, like you're going to disagree with them, you're going to piss them off. But if you respect them at the highest possible level, then all the other stuff kind of works out. You're, you're a little less snooty to them because you don't want to disrespect them. You don't want to you appreciate who they're, who they are. You're not going to lie to them because you don't want to violate that, that respect. You're going to follow through with what you say you're going to do because you don't want to let that person down because you respect them. And so that has always been like the compass is I just respect her so much. I would never, ever, ever cheat on her. I respect her so much. I would never, ever, uh, I would never lie to her, you know, and that level of choice that each of us bring in every single day. Like she still, still continues to choose to be with me. And I still continue to choose to be with her someday that might, that might change. She may, we may decide at 60, she's like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm, I'm good. We're, we've gone full circle. Our kids are out of the house, you know, best of luck. I want to go do other stuff. And I would have to act, I would have to deal with that, but everything is voluntary. And when you respect someone at such a fundamental level, then it's, then it, it simplifies things, you know? Okay. We all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now... All that is in the past because one of my favorite, absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their Soft Skin Body Lotion and Body Glow Hydrating Oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh, and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered, and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products, bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. Yeah. I love that. It's such freedom in the partnership. And like that choice, that consistent choice, and to be able to feel like you have the freedom to make that choice is absolute fuel to a burning relationship fire. Mm -hmm. I think when we mm -hmm. looked at our relationship and when we were married, it didn't feel like a choice. Eventually it felt like, man, we did this thing and now we're freaking in it. Yeah. And if I had to choose, you know, maybe today I wouldn't have chosen this. 
And so the fact that you keep that pillar of your relationship being freedom of choice and then which fosters this, you know, choosing of being together is just so perfect. You, you know, I'm curious as you guys have been through a ton and as you change, right, you're doing all of these new things. You're taking on these new, new modalities, whether that's like business endeavors, or even if it's just your, you know, like choice of plant medicine or something along those lines, how do you in the relationship dynamic foster the freedom to be able to continue to evolve so much in relationship there's threat when somebody else decides to change or take on something that's new and bring it into the home uh, dynamic hmm. how do you guys ensure that no matter what choices each one of you is making or interested in that it is still conducive to an evolving relationship yeah it it's exhaustive communication I mean, it is like it, exhaustive. <laughs> Never too much communication. Communication. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it has to be. It has to be. It, it is the only way through hard times. It's the only way to get clear on what the other person's dealing with. It's the only way to process trauma. It's the only, it's the only solution is communication. We, when I get inspired by something, a business idea, you know, a trip, yeah, plant medicines, you know, th that conversation around that, it has to come early and often and, and it has to be repetitive to get work all the kinks out. Why is this so important to you? You know, tell me really, literally help me understand why this is so meaningful. You know, every six weeks going and sitting in um, uh, plant medicine ceremonies, like for real, like that is a <laughs> lot. You're gone for three days at a time with these two small kids. Like, help me understand that, Sean, please elaborate. So I do. And so that as a baseline, it's, it seems like an oversimplification, but it really is, is just constant open, honest communication, truthful communication and, and opening up to being challenged by some of the narrative that you carry yeah. and by some of the baggage that you carry. Like, are you, is it really helping you or are you just, do you just need to get out of the house? Like, mm. uh, and it's like, Oh, well, let me think about that for a second. Let me, let me, let's work through that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, it what I'm definitely hearing and I can just sense it and feel it in you is that your radical self expression combined with radical self acceptance is safe to your partner, to your family. And which is just a critical piece of a healthy masculine and feminine dynamic. So even if you are sharing a lot, it is so trusting and it's such a safe foundation for your kids and for your wife that that safety allows you to try mm -hmm. things and continue to evolve because you do it in a way that is backed up with just radical self-honesty and self-expression. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, um, as you're talking about exhaustive, you know, almost like over communication, which I totally agree that that's necessary. Um, where's the balance between, Hey, this is my truth. I'm letting you know, and the, the deep, respect that you were talking about right before this, because I think there can be some, mm. uh, disconnect with people who are, I'm going to tell you my truth, 
but then also like, how do I do it in a respectful way? What's your, you know, is there one like tip or phrase or something that is helpful for you guys to maintain that balance of truth and respect um, that we, that you could share with our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think an, something that really helps always is to let go of the assumptions that you make up in your head. Right. And this is constant work too. And, and, and I, you know, as I say, it's exhaustive. It, I'm, I'm being silly, but it is, it is a lot of work, but it, it also works. And so when you have something to share or something that's challenging or something, you have a request of your partner you just let go of the assumptions, right? Even though we now have what 23 years of, of experience together, you know, we've been together longer, more than half of our lives. Then I, I could probably build a bunch of narratives around how she's going to respond, what she's going to think, what she's going to say, you know, how she's going to judge or, uh, or assess the stuff we're talking about. And when I go in to a conversation or when we have an interaction together where we're dealing with something that's, you know, that's challenging or that, that needs some attention and time is when you let go of that assumption that, oh, she's going to be upset or she's going to say this. Or when I ask her to do this one thing, I have a request of her. Uh, I just know she's going to be pissed off or I know that she's going to be resentful. If I just let go of those assumptions and let it play out almost like improv, you know, it's like, I'm going to yeah. try this. I'm going to say this thing, you know, walk <laughs> with me here. Yes. And we'll just, yeah. yes. And our way through these, these things together doesn't make it, uh, doesn't make it convenient or easy, but it, that I'm not placing any boxes around our conflict or around our family planning or our schedule or, you know, decisions to move to Texas or not. Like I'm just letting go of those assumptions and we're just having a real open, honest, present conversation together. And that goes a lot of different ways. Uh, but then it becomes productive. And, and Mimi, I think part of what you're asking is like, when, when my stuff is affecting her and I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it's wacky and some of it's, you know, sad or whatever. How do I, uh, how do I honor the fact that this is impacting her, whether I want to or not? And I think it just goes back to, um, if we, if we are going to continue to choose to be together, we're going to have to navigate this shit anyway. Mm -hmm. It's it, sometimes it's going to be sticky or awkward but we're, we've made, we're making this choice consistently. So yeah, we're going to have this weird conversation about, you know, my brother, or we're going to have this weird conversation around, um, you know, what the kids are doing or something that's irking me even doing lately. That's really just kind of getting on my nerves. We're going to just have to gracefully move through this conversation and have the trust and faith that we're going to be okay at the end of this conversation. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I hear when you're, you're talking a lot about assumptions and we speak about the same thing in, in maybe a little bit different terminology, but we have this phrase that we use when needed is, um, you know, the story that I'm telling myself is 
And it's a way to get, mm. you know, to air your dirty laundry, all the weird stories that you're telling yourself, all the assumptions that you're making. The story that I'm telling myself is X, Y, Z. Is any of that true? And that's, it's such a fucking permission slip to just mm. be like, this is what's in my mind. I'm admitting in this sentence that it could be just a story. And you're, it's like, it's so relieving to your partner as well to hear that like, oh, you realize that this could just be a story. Yeah. That's so great. I don't have to convince you. Yeah. I'm just telling you option A or option B. Is this true or is it not? Oh, it's not true. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. And then you're both sitting there relieved rather than playing out the stories that you've built in your mind. We all do it. We all and- yeah, and and you have to have the other person has to have the courage when it, when the story is true to say, you know what, there is some truth to that mm-hmm. because yeah. that is, that is your opportunity to like march through the mud and the muck and the blood and all the bullshit yeah. is to say like, you know what? I, there is a little truth to that. Part of that story is true. Here's how it's true. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up because this, that like, you got it, you got you got to, it takes a lot of guts to actually do that, but then, but then you're moving through it together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think that that's such uh, such a superpower in relationship. Speaking of, I would love to hear from you. We, we like to talk about relationship superpowers. What would you say mm-hmm. if you had to sum it up for you and your partner, you and your wife, what is your relationship superpower? Oh, our relate, man, I'm going to, let me think about this for a second. I think that our relationship superpower is, is strength. And not, it's tough because I'm, I'm, I'm immediate, I immediately start minimizing it in my mind. It's like, well, are we that strong? Well, we haven't had to deal with like civil war. So are we that strong? You know, like there's, there's starving kids in Africa. Like, are we, is our relationship really that strong? So it's funny. I say that. And then I immediately like, we've got a pretty good, let's, let's not ignore our whatever fortune or privilege or whatever. But maybe I it think, is good because of your strength. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. Like yeah. we just went through a global crisis. That's, I think that's on the level of civil war. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, similarly to your guys' story, like you're just such different people than you were when you first met and yeah. when you got divorced and even when you got back together, like you're just, you're different people. And our, my wife's and my ability to, you know, start businesses. We went through this really traumatic 18 months uh, where we were sued by a business partner. It was like the most stressful 18 months in my life, in our lives. And in the midst of that, we bought our first home and had another baby and, you know, put on 10 pounds of lean muscle mass. Mm. And, you know, like, so the, the, the fact that we are, that we can find strength in in each other and that we can build towards something, you know, to move out to an Island on land to become more self-sufficient was a pretty bold move 
uh, right in the very beginning of, 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 of the COVID mess. And, and that, and I think it also extends to the strength that we are for our families too. her family, uh, family on her side, the family on my side, like we are a, we are a pillar of strength for our friends and our family and our kids because we do the work because we yeah. keep doing yeah. the work, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, oh. I love that. That's it's so great to be, uh, and you don't have to convince or convert or anything. You didn't just live by example of what a, a healthy conscious relationship looks like. I love that. I was oh, gonna, gonna go? Yeah. I was just going to say like, we definitely want to move into some, because you are so talented in so many ways, we definitely want to throw some just like random questions about health, about where the world <laughs> is at, just by you. Cause I'm so curious as to what you, you think of <laughs> He's these. ready. Um, ready. You know, you, you mentioned you moved to an Island and you're like all about like being, you know, self-sustaining and just being able to provide for yourself. It seems like more than ever, at least in my 31 years of life, there is talk about how we're facing extinction related events. I mean, between like the decreasing biodiversity of, of life on the planet, um, topsoil issues when it comes to farming, it seems like we're, you know, facing extinction or, or not, depending on who you talk to, in your opinion, should we, I mean, should we be like getting canned food and saving up for, you know, a month or, or like, what is your take on kind of the state of the globe? I think that we, yeah, I think we should be prepared. I think each of us in our households should be prepared for food shortages or for astronomical prices of food. I mean, Chase, you probably know a lot about this right now. The price of food is going to continue to go up. Inflation is going to go up. And when people can no longer go to the grocery store to get basic food, things go from, man, this is weird to, man, this is this is a crisis. Like mm. we look back at, at historical references for, 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 for times, uh, like, like this, where, uh, people make pretty rash decisions, you know, I mean, looting in San Francisco and Portland and Seattle and New York is kind of crazy now. I mean, like people just walking in broad daylight, smashing the place and walking out with a bunch of stuff. Like that's a pretty intense I've, we've never seen that in our lives where it's just okay for people to go do that. People are getting fairly desperate. Now, I believe that Gaia will sustain, you know, the, the planet, if it decides to flood us again uh, and start over, she will, you know, if, if that's, if, if it gets that far, but I think that each of us do have to have you know, three, six months of canned food, prepared food, packaged food that will last us. Um, what one of the major catalysts for us moving out to acreage here was to have a, a massive garden. And there are, I've been doing a lot of research and reading on how to set up that garden so that it continue to provide food throughout the year. What types of food should you plant? because the, the old euphemism of it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Mm. Oh yeah. Having that education, having that preparation, I mean, having guns and ammo just to protect your, your home is I, I think it's, I think it's a wise choice because things can get slippery really fast. Yeah. And having a little <laughs> bit of preparation and foresight, I think is a good plan for everybody right now. Yeah. 
All right, real talk. If you're anything like me, finding quick foods that are actually healthy and intentionally sourced is not the easiest task these days. Take something like jerky. 99% have added sugars, preservatives, and are sourced from conventional, non-organic farms from stressed and possibly diseased animals. Yikes. Okay, what about protein or granola bars? Oftentimes these bars have way more sugar than protein, and the protein itself is usually bottom of the barrel, cheap, and low quality. We used to have the hardest time while traveling, like what the heck are we supposed to eat when we need something quick? Then I discovered Paleo Valley. Hallelujah. Chase and I's favorite when we need something convenient, like during travel. The beef or turkey sticks and superfood bars are literally an answer to my prayers. They are made from real whole foods with no added sugars or mystery ingredients and are super delicious. Even kids love them. Get this, Paleo Valley sources their meat and their bone broth protein exclusively from organic regenerative farmers. The animals are pasture-raised, grass-fed their entire life, and the farmers themselves are practicing regenerative farming. This means that they are actually healing our Earth's soil rather than killing it and stripping it like conventional farms. I feel so good knowing that I'm blessing my body with high-quality foods and supporting our Earth and future generations by supporting Paleo Valley. If you want to try for yourself, you can use the direct link in the show notes to check out Paleo Valley and use the code MEDICINE, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a discount, or just check them out in our medicine cabinet at getmimifit.com. We're bringing you only the best, boo. Cheers. Yeah, it seems like one of those things there. it's like, it doesn't hurt to just better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it that's like right. the the phrase that's locked into my brain from my childhood you know my mom uh you know she's usually talking about like me taking a windbreaker to school <laughs> not you know six months of food ready in your, no, in your spare room i love that perspective though and it's really great to hear i just don't i just don't know if people are talking about it enough and so yeah. I, I appreciate that that context um social media and technology you obviously have a business that's digital in nature or multiple, how do you, and, and there's been so much about how we're all, you know, subject to the algorithms of the world and, and, you know, it's creating divisiveness and technology addiction, but how do you navigate social media and technology and ensure that it is a tool and not that you are the tool? <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's so hard. I know you to know how hard it is. Uh, the, the way that I see it is it's, it's a means to an end. The joy doesn't come from posting and scrolling. The joy comes from what posting and scrolling provide you with, you know, if it's branding, if it's, uh, if it's, you know, converting interested people into clients or customers, that's where the joy comes from is, is the uh, downstream from the tool. Like I, I don't love marketing. I, I, I really don't. I don't like thinking about pixels, uh, Facebook pixels. I don't like thinking about, 
I mean, I don't even like thinking about podcast analytics. I, the, the, and, and part, part of that is like shadow work I need to do about becoming more organized and, mm. you know, stepping into my, you know, st- stepping into my fullest expression of myself. Cause I I'm, I'm not particularly organized and I don't take a ton of joy out of thinking about marketing stuff, but it is, it is absolutely essential. It's, I mean, it's critical. So for me, what I try to keep in mind is what, what is this doing for me down the road? Does me posting this thing do anything for myself down the road? Does, does me sharing this opinion, you know, and I don't know how much of the stuff of my stuff you've seen over the last couple of years on Instagram, but I've been super outspoken uh, against the COVID narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super outspoken medical freedoms. Um, and so that, that can consume a lot of my bandwidth, a lot of my time and attention and emotion, because it's the hill I'm willing to die on. Right. Yeah. I, I chose two years ago that yes, uh, I'm not getting vaccinated. My children are not getting vaccinated. The masks are, are bull. This is just follow the money over and over. And I've been posting about for two years and I've pre- made a bunch of predictions that have come true and I've lost also lost a lot of friends because of it, mm-hmm. but I, but I believe so strongly in natural health and medical freedoms that this is the hill I'm willing to die on. So mm-hmm. I can get stuck in that. But for me, that is an expression of, of advocacy that I'm willing to continue to beat the drum on. And because I don't have to answer to anybody except for my high school buddies or my grand dude, my grandmother, <laughs> is my biggest critic and I she loves me and I love her and we have this amazing relationship but my grandma she goes hard on Facebook every time I post something about mask data or you know children in schools masking uh she is the first person to comment you're full of it Sean you don't get it this is important we need to and and then we oh. see each other in person and it's like all good you know so I, for me, it's like, it's a means to an end. Where, where does this take me? Where does this go? Cause I, I, I can get kind of lost in the weeds. So it's like a, it's an everyday kind of thing. Yeah. God, it's yeah. such a, it just sometimes feels like a wave, like an involuntary wave that just whisks you out to sea. And then mm. 15 minutes goes by and you're like, where, where am I? What yeah. year is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, right. You know, I, I, it's certainly like our, our business is, you know, intertwined with Instagram and a couple of weeks ago, month ago or so now I took a week off just for my sanity. I just needed a week off yeah. completely off. And I, the first day it was weird, but then after that, it was like, oh, it felt mm-hmm. like shackles were off of me. And I, I love, like, I love interacting with people. It's such a beautiful tool to be able to be friends with someone from across the country and to tell, you know, people all over the world about HCC and, you know, mushrooms and, and, you know, our podcast and everything like that. It's, I realize there's such beauty in it, but it, uh, it does feel like it's got you like this sometimes, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. I'll speak for myself where, I think it's something that I'm going to need to do for myself, like once a quarter, take five to seven days off just completely so that I can keep checking in and, and, and know that it is a tool that I'm using for our business and for connection. It's, I am not the tool and, you know, we might lose a few conversions. We might not make as many sales that week or whatever, but it's like my sanity is, is more 
important to me than a few extra follows and likes and clicks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really respect what you're saying and, and just having that awareness sometimes is, is the first step. And it's, it's hard to, to have that awareness of, am I getting too deep in this? Am I putting too much of my energy towards this thing, even though the thing is a good thing to put energy towards yeah, like, right. um, uh, it's in, especially just with what's going, been going on in the last two years, it's, I've had to check myself a few times because you get down mm. these rabbit holes and you're like, this is important. And yeah. it's like, oh, but yeah, so it's sunshine and just detaching <laughs> from the screens for a little bit. Um, right. so yeah, I, I, I totally love that. Well, while, while we're on the topic, um, last question from me, what is an unpopular opinion that you maintain? You've already shared a few of them in the last yeah. question, but what would be, I, I just have this feeling, this sense that you have a few unpopular opinions. <laughs> um, can you share another one with us that you're, that you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, flat earth. No, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm like, okay, it. damn, we're going no. there. <laughs> no, no, I am not a flat earther. Uh, not a flat earther. I've looked at it. I've looked at it, but I'm not. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've looked at it a little bit too. Watched a little <laughs> bit of a documentary and it was like, I, I can't, I can't get, I still, I can't get on board. But you know, if you're anti-vax, you're automatically a flat earther. Right. So, yeah. It's true. You know. yeah. <laughs> right. We've actually been using the phrase, which I, I prefer uh, uh, as opposed to anti-vax because I don't consider myself that, but um, vaccine free. Like I, yeah. I'm on purpose vaccine free. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I like that terminology better. Yeah, that, that, yeah, full transparency, brutal honesty, uh, that, that's the thing, the, the, the vaccine thing is, is the thing that is probably the most, uh, the most unpopular opinion, uh, so far as to, sometimes I hesitate to share this, but my kids have not had a single vaccination, not one. That alone puts me into a category in most people's minds as like, oh, you know, people just, <laughs> I just crushed your listener, yeah. you know, numbers <laughs> for this episode because people are like, oh, I can't take this guy seriously anymore. They can handle it. I, I've been, I've been researching them for, for like 12 years. You know, I, I've, I read the inserts. I read yeah. the studies. The fact that there are no inert placebo controlled vaccine safety studies zero. There are literally no studies against an inert placebo. Not inert. One. Can you, can you explain inert placebo? It's, so they have never, ever done a group of vaccinated children with a group of children where they injected them with saline and a non-active substance and then watched how they progressed. Yeah watched peanut allergies, watched asthma, watched uh, obesity, autism. autism, autoimmune disease, all these things. It, it, just, it doesn't exist. The, that sheer fact alone that that has never actually happened is a, is a, is a red flag. So I have, uh, I have been researching exhaustively for a long, long time and, have, and came to the decision before my kids were born, that they're okay not getting Hep B, uh, a sexually transmitted disease uh, inoculations at day six of their life, right? <laughs> low low risk there in that category. Low risk. You know, the the the, the vaccine schedule that I was on 
by the time I was 18 was 32 doses. Uh, and now it's, uh, it's 78. So yeah, big jump from, from the, from 1983 till now it's, 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 it's doubled. And you have to ask, well, is that making us healthier? Are we healthier people is, is, the United States and the Western world a much? No. The fact is, is that since the eighties, our health outcomes have plummeted. So, and I, I've, I've done episodes with Del Bigtree oh, uh, from, from ICANN, yeah. um, the conformed, uh, informed consent action network, uh, and Alex Zach, who is an yeah. outspoken uh, advocate for, for health freedoms that we should be able to make our own choices for what goes into our body. It is my body. It is my choice. I get to choose whether or not I get injected with stuff or, uh, or my children. So that, that is a fairly unpopular opinion. It, it's not taken lightly and it's come with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of research. Now, if we go to Africa one day, we're probably going to get the malaria shot. Probably, you know, in fact, I don't even think you can go in there unless you get it. You know, mm-hmm. there, there, there are, there are some instances here's my big thing with vaccines is like some vaccines work for some people and some vaccines harm or kill others. And that's, we just know that now. And, and so when, when COVID kind of came out and, and people were, uh, you know, doing what they, what they've been doing, either getting enthusiastic for the vaccine or not. Like I was, I was informed as to, um, what some of the risks are. And so I'm, I'm skeptical. And, and so that has become, it has become a division for me, for some of the, my friends and family, uh, but it's okay. And, yeah. and we, we should all be able to make our own choices. And I don't fault people for doing it. Like if you want it and you think, and you're going to feel better getting mm-hmm. it and you're going to feel safer, then go get it. It's okay. There's no judgment yeah. attached to it, but I, yeah. I should be able to make those choices for myself. So I'm sorry you asked that one, Mimi. No, no. no. <laughs> you know what? We're never going to stop just having open dialogue. That is a critical freaking ninja life skill to be able to have dialogue with people that may or may not agree with you. You may or may not agree with them. But like at the end of the day, it's like, I still love you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're aligned on so many things. So I don't, <laughs> there's no like disagreement happening between us. But if there is someone listening where they're like <gasps> getting a little triggered or their skin is getting a little itchy at what you're saying, it's like, hey, maybe that's something to look at, you know? Yeah. Um, we should be able to have these conversations. And, and I don't care who you are, which side of the debate or argument or whatever uh, you're on, pro or anti or somewhere in the middle. You cannot deny that there has not been open dialogue about yeah. this on any public yeah. platform. It has been one way. And I, I think for something this huge that affects this many people globally, there yeah. should be open, honest, authentic, not fueled by money and dollars and power, but open, honest dialogue about something like this, this important. So Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, where you land, that hasn't happened. It's just a fact. It's just a reality. And, um, you know, something that uh, I will just share that I I love that Paul check put it this way. And it's how I am going to have conversations in the future. If it comes up with family or friends or whoever Mm -hmm. is for proper science to be done in any clinical study, 
<laughs> you're talking about it, you know, placebo versus the, the test group. There must be a control group. You're talking mm -hmm. about the placebo group and the test group, the experimental group for any true science to be had, to be done properly. So we are in a mass global experiment right now. Yeah. You know, I am part of the control group. I am taking mm -hmm. on that risk of not, you know, being vaccine free. I'm taking that risk. I'm risking the virus or whatever, you know, being vaccine free looks like, whatever that risk entails. You are not you, but the person on the other side of the table, you're taking the risk of having this experimental, you know, drug. And that's, we both should be thanking each other because mm -hmm. we are both in this experiment and we need both groups to see how it plays out. And I'm, I'm grateful to you. And you should be grateful to me that we are able to, you know, go about it, go about this and still love each other through it. Like this is yeah. proper science. So yeah. I just loved that explanation, you know, who knows how it would be, you know, what it would be responded with, but that's kind of how I feel. And, and it's the best uh, explanation that I've heard thus far, where it's like, Hey, let's just appreciate each other for where you're at in the global experiment that's going on. Yeah. It's a process. It's a process. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we wrap this thing up, got a couple of questions, <clears throat> a few questions. We ask every yeah. guest on the medicine Medicine is all about finding what we consider to be the real medicines of the world. We love to frame it under, uh, you know, body, mind, and relationships. So we're going to ask you what feels like medicine for, you know, body, mind, and relationships, starting with your body, Sean, what currently feels like medicine for your body? Sunshine is mm. the biggest thing for me. I mean, when you guys know this growing up where, where you did here in Washington state, we don't have much sunshine. <laughs> And now that spring is here and there's just a little bit of sunshine outside, I'm out there as often me, the whole family is out there as often as possible in as few clothes, which yeah. is, is reasonable <laughs> to get as much vitamin D from the sun as we can. So that, that is a huge deal. Like it's funny <laughs> after we recorded ours for optimal performance, I, I went out and I was like, man, I just recorded this amazing episode. And I've, I've told my wife about the two of you. And I was like, they're, they're so tan. Their skin looks so good. They're both wearing tank tops. And I look at myself and I'm this like blotchy, pale, greasy mess next to them. And what? she's like, she, and she's like, you're, you're probably exaggerating, but no, you're right. We do need sunshine. We got to get out of here. Uh, but so sun, sun is medicine yeah. for my body and my family's body more than anything else right now. That's yeah, perfect. I, I used to that. call when we lived in Seattle, I was like, this is a city of vampires. <laughs> it is. I can't do this. It is. We, yeah. It's so funny. Now we'll walk around the Island. It'll be like 60 degrees and like partly sunny. And we're walking around with coats. We're like, Oh, it's so cold. And we're such babies now, but we, we laugh about it because we're like, if this weather right now was in Washington state, people oh. would be in their yards with bikinis on yeah. like true Absolutely. fact. Like that yeah. is 60 and partly sunny is like, wow, let's go to the spring beach. Break. Yeah, yeah. Spring break. totally. Uh, it's so funny how it just changes. It just switches. Now it has to be at least 70 for me to, you know, feel completely free in the sunshine. But, um, what about for your mind? What feels like medicine right now? What is medicine for my mind right now? Oh, there's so many things. I'm like looking around. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's all these devices and supplements and, um, sleep has been, it continues to be the most important thing for me to think straight. Yeah. You know, 
the the bedtime routine is so insanely dialed now with infrared lights on my testicles followed by <laughs> saunas followed by ice packs on the testicles oh, yeah. followed by cbd and uh i'm taking this incredible um product called biopro plus that is just like insane it's insane for my sleep it's so helpful like yeah i'm 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 a pretty sluggish, lousy person. If I don't get sleep and my brain just doesn't function, you know, I, I was going to say psilocybin. I was going to say, um, uh, meditation, but, but really sleep is so yeah, important so for fundamental. me. Yeah. yeah it's such I, a boring answer, but so true. No, man. I, no, I say it all the time. Sleep is sexy. <laughs> well, and people, people ask all the time, like, Oh, what's the best supplement for this? What's the best supplement for this? What's the best pre-workout? I'm like sleep. Yeah. And, and, and I feel it, man. I, I struggle with sleep. And when I hit a good night of eight hours, I wake up, I could conquer the world sober yeah. without yeah. any yeah. freaking capsule or powder. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, what feels like medicine for your relationship or relationships? What feels like medicine currently? Yeah. Time really more than anything, you know, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, we have soccer and baseball. Now I'm coaching, coaching my daughter's soccer team. We are constantly running around and there's a lot of good work for me to do during the day. So even though you know, Mrs. McCormick is in the next room. I still have a lot of things that are important that I work on today. So when we have time to go out, just the two of us, which is like for real, like 90 minutes alone together is like without stuff to do is so nourishing, Mm -hmm. you know, smiling and laughing and, you know, being silly and, or sometimes even just being in the same room quietly without yeah. saying anything is like so nice. Yeah. yeah. So t- time is, time is really the big one. Um, quality time is, is really medicine for the relationship. So oh, simple. I awesome. I, I'm yeah. easy to please, I guess. Love that. No, that's the, the free things, right? Time with your partner, sunshine, sleep. Those are all free things. And sometimes we yeah. lean too much into the fun, sexy marketing and capsules and powders and you know tinctures. And it's like, Sometimes it's good to just go back to the basics and lean into mm-hmm. the things that are free, laughter, sex, sunshine, sleep, water, all those things. So yeah. love it. We're so aligned. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us today. And I think I've laughed more on this podcast than I have in a yeah. while. And you're just such a joy to be around. And uh, we're looking forward to anytime you get down here to San Diego, hang out with you a little bit, or we go up to Washington, yeah. it would be, be a blast yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming in May. We're oh, the, whole, yes. the whole family's going, taking a trip to, to San Diego. So love it. No, I, I, I appreciate, thank you guys for having me. The, the way that you guys show up so authentically, so truthfully, you're doing so many cool things. Uh, immune Intel is so <laughs> right. good. Holler. Yes. Kenya. Yeah. Go. Get yeah. You just recently just been on it about a week or so. It's about a week. Yep. And I'm doing the minimum two, two capsules once a day. Cause I kind of want to like go into it slowly yeah. and I love it. I can't, it's, it's really hard to describe, but I do feel more grounded. I do feel more present. I feel mm. a little less inflamed. Um, so I think you guys are doing so many incredible things. I, I can't wait to see where the podcast goes and the products go, um, an honor, an honor to mm. be on here with you. Thank, thank you. Thank so you so much, much brother. Where, yeah. where can people find you? Obviously your podcast, uh, social, what's the best place to find Sean? 
Yeah, you can find it all at seanmccormick.com. That's S-E-A-N and then McCormick, M-I-C-K. That's the best place to go. Real Sean McCormick on Instagram. And then, yeah, the podcast is Optimal Performance. And yeah, I'm, I'm super open. If people have questions or they want to share something or, or connect with me, I'm really accessible. Um, I love helping people, chatting, coaching, talking. I, I love it. So I'm, I'm here in service. Yeah, thank you for Hell giving yeah. me a chance. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. We're so grateful to be aligned in this incarnation with you. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. All right, you guys, thanks for listening and go check out optimal performance podcast. Go say hi to Sean. I know he would love it if you popped into his DMS and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.